The following podcast is brought to you by the Village Zendo. For more information, visit villagezendo.org. I know you can't tell, but it's really nice. And maybe you can tell at home. Here in the Zendo, we can see everyone's faces. It's really a delight. I hadn't realized, I mean, we adapted to seeing people with masks, but I hadn't realized how wonderful it is to see expression in person. <laughs> anyway, hello. My name is Fusho, for those of you that I haven't met. Um, thanks for being here and for tuning in. Uh, it really is feeling like spring, finally. Lots of rain, but lots of green, green, fresh green trees, green, green leaves on the trees, blossoms everywhere. Um, I'm really feeling this sense of renewal. Um, I think we all, we're all feeling it. The masks off are optional, uh, feeling like we might be getting back to whatever we, whatever we thought was normal, um, so-called normal or the new normal. And for me in particular, um, I'm in the same interesting state of renewal. Uh, for those that don't know, I'm, I'm about six months on the other side of a grueling stretch of treatment um, for breast cancer. I was diagnosed in 2021. But I'm all clear. It was a long, you know, year and a half of um, of intense treatment. But I'm happy to say I'm all clear and uh, experiencing this sort of um, interesting phase of now what? <laughs> you're you're sort of in this mode of survival, which all of us were during the pandemic in a different sense for so long. And then now I'm just taking a lot of deep breaths and sort of um, turning back towards my life in a new way and thinking about, you know, who am I now? Um, who do I want to be now? And certainly I've found that I, I do feel different in, in unexpected ways. Um, and sometimes things will startle me and, and I'll realize oh, I don't want to respond like that anymore. That's like, that's an old way that I used to respond. And that's not who I am right now. How do I, and so, you know, navigating that, it's a little disorienting. I have to say it's been, um, because I've been aware of it, it doesn't mean I know what to do <laughs> next necessarily, but that's what we call not knowing, you know, in this practice. And um and going through all of it and, and now re-examining and taking a closer look at my, my life now has been really, um, really important to have this practice. Returning to the breath, being comfortable with not knowing or as comfortable as possible, you know, and taking the next step forward. Just grateful to be able to step back, sit and turn the light inward, as our dear friend, teacher, Zen master Dogen says. 
And I was speaking with a friend recently about um, realizing, you know, it's about where we decide to put our gaze that really um, determines how we live our lives. And sometimes I certainly know my experience of going through treatment was a little bit like this, right? Survive, survive, survive. And now it's opening up, opening up that lens, but that's, that can be exactly what sitting on our cushion is like quite a bit where we're, we can be, you know, trying, trying, trying. And then if we can just relax into it a little bit, our viewpoint can open up. Um, our awareness can expand and we can see things quite differently. Um, but it can be hard to remember to just kind of relax into it and that it, and that it, it's always there. Our breath is always there. We can always tap into that present moment. Um, it's just there, whether we realize it or not, this ultimate reality, this um, everything, everywhere, all at once. I've been thinking about this movie quite a bit. I don't know if you've seen it. Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah? (laughs) Um, Something about the title just always makes me think about all Buddhas throughout space and time. I don't know. It just sticks with me a lot. Thinking about the tension of holding on to um, what we think our life's supposed to be, but then relaxing into what it really is in the moment. So I was, um, (laughs) I was at the dentist recently and um, I, I had to get a filling replaced. I mean, nobody likes going to the dentist, I don't think, Uh, but it was more than a cleaning. It was like drilling out the filling and replacing it. And I haven't had that happen in a long time. So I was, I was a little tense about it. I mean, it's like this awkward, it's just not a great scenario. You're just not comfortable. Your mouth is propped open. You're completely defenseless, sort of people are staring down at you and they're going to be, and then the thrilling is so loud. It's just like very uncomfortable and very easy to get tense. So um, (laughs) I don't know. I happen to hear um, Deepak Chopra say something. And I haven't really paid attention to Deepak ever, but I know he's been around for a long time. And um, I'm always interested in how different traditions kind of overlap and what and where their words that they use are similar to what we're saying, only maybe in a different way. But I heard him talk about um, an easy way, like an exercise, a way to expand our awareness at any time that we can just do it anytime. It's not like you have to be already in a meditative state. And he gives some simple, simple guidance. Um, and he, he's always talking about sort of where science, medicine, and meditation um, intersect. And also how the mind can heal through simple exercises and in, in self-awareness. So he says, you just you let your attention go to wherever if you're having discomfort, which I was having here. You bring your attention to it, and um, or it can be a worry instead of a physical pain, and you focus lightly on it, and then you just take attention away attention away from it, and then focus on the outline of your body instead, and sort of feel the air around you, 
and the temperature on your skin and sensation. So you kind of just broaden out to the body and then come back to where here, see how it's going. And then even farther, you know, see how far you can and just open up the awareness and just become very present. So I just tried it without thinking about it. And I have to say, I was lying there. <laughs> then all of a sudden, I so I let myself stop. As soon as I realized I wasn't breathing, I took a deep breath, just relaxed into it. And then my awareness went to the two people ahead and, you know, looking down at me. <laughs> all of a sudden, I realized, oh, there's people there. They're so sweet. They're working so intently on my teeth. Then I had the awareness of their lives outside of this little office and their job and I had a sense of the office and then the streets around me and then the blocks in New York City just for a minute and then I came back to like the tooth and my body felt a lot more relaxed it was not like suddenly ease and joy <laughs> but but it really uh it was a more present aware experience that changed and it wasn't this horrible thing that I had been anticipating and the tooth never hurt. I mean, I was numb. It was fine. It was that tension around that anticipation of what I thought it was going to be that was adding to the whole experience and was actually making it much more unpleasant um, than it needed to be. So thank you, Deepak. <laughs> and thank you, my practice, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> thank you for Zazen and Dogen. Um, Dogen says the way is never separated from where we are now. Why should we wander here and there to practice? Therefore, cease studying words and following letters. Learn to step back, turning the light inwards, illuminating the self. And doing so, your body and mind will drop off naturally. An original self will manifest. And this is the essential way of Zazen. He says the zazen I'm talking about is not step-by-step -step meditation. It's simply the dharma gate of peace and comfort. And that's it. The practice is practice enlightenment together of the way. And these actions come from the practice which is prior to discriminating mind. So I... Um, in thinking about everything, everywhere, all at once. If you haven't seen it, I'll try to explain it, which is hard enough in itself because a lot happens. Um, but it's by these two directors that both named Daniel. Um, and the main character, Evelyn, who's played by Michelle Yeoh, she's nav navigating a midlife crisis, an existential crisis. Um, she's a Chinese-American immigrant and they, her and her family run a laundromat. They live above it. And it's her and her husband and her daughter. And her daughter is, um, I think, in her 20s and um, hasn't been all she'd hoped for. She's a little bit of a, not the most successful. She didn't live up to the expectations that were set on her. So they're, they're kind of fighting quite a bit. And um, she has a husband who's very, optimistic and sweet and kind and happy and she doesn't she's not not that interested she's a little tired of that um and so 
she's, she's, you know, not quite happy where she's at. And to distract herself, she dreams of all these different paths her life could have taken if she wasn't in the situation at the laundromat. And if she wasn't constantly like, you know, arguing with her daughter, Joy. So they have to do um, their taxes and they're being audited. So they have to go to the tax office. And um, that's when things get kind of strange. An alternative version of her sweet husband shows up. And he's um, from a different universe. And uh, he lets her know that all of existence is being threatened by an agent of chaos known as Jobu Tupaki, who happens to be her daughter in a different universe. And so she has to learn how to use all these different powers and they start jumping into different multiverses. And it's all these different um, ways of that they could have had their life lived, which is kind of a hot topic right now is this multiverse thing. Um, but really at the end of the day, so the mother and daughter are not getting along and they're jumping, then they begin jumping through universes, fighting and trying to, um, make peace in all these different dimensions. And so I was reading about the filmmakers and one of the filmmakers, um, Daniel Kwan says, as filmmakers, the uni- the multiverse should scare all of us. It's an anti-story when you think of it. And when you're learning about screenwriting, it starts with what are the decisions your characters make? Because that's how you build a character over the course of a movie. But the multiverse posits that every decision you make doesn't matter because every other version happens. So, you know, there's a tendency when we talk about absolute and relative that if you're living in the absolute, nothing matters, right? It's an easy trap to fall into. Um, He says it's a slow watering down of why you should care about a movie. So we were excited to tackle that because we thought it's a challenge we hadn't seen anyone do. Has anyone used the multiverse to really look at what it feels like to be alive right now? This moment of feeling like a hundred narratives are hitting you at the same time. And you're laughing and you're crying and you're confused and you're scared. You know, there's so many streams of information coming at us. There's so many things that we're comparing ourselves to and ways that we think we're supposed to be can be really overwhelming. And he says, one of the only ways you can react to that is to go numb. And I think a lot of people have gone numb. And this film is a way for them to say, we see you in this chaos. Maybe there's a better way. Maybe we can find a way to exist in all this noise. So Deepak Chopra says, he talks about it as consciousness. He says, consciousness is everywhere all the time, embracing past, present, and future. And that we are part of that reality. And therefore, we are consciousness. And we are beyond time. All Buddhas throughout space and time. And he says, it's simply that we are beyond the appearances and limitations of everyday reality. And yes, we still have to navigate them. And Dogen says, the Buddhas and Tathagatas have an excellent way, unequaled and natural, to transmit the wondrous Dharma through personal encounter and to realize supreme enlightenment. 
As it is imparted impeccably from Buddha to Buddha, its criterion is the samadhi of self-fulfilling activity for playing joyfully in such a samadhi. The upright sitting position in meditation is the right gate. And I think it's that playing part that we often uh, forget or take for granted. So um, I know that later today there's a book club and we'll be talking with uh, Nancy Mujo Baker who wrote about Dogen and the precepts. And she wrote a beautiful book called Opening to Oneness. And um, she talks about Dogen and play. And she says, play is the best example of something that is always self-fulfilling. In fact, Zen has a term for the samadhi of play, yuji samai. Games have rules and are played in order to be one, whether or not that is the intention of the players. The goal of play, on the other hand, is play itself. And there's no goal outside of play. When shikantaza, just sitting, can be as it is, it is self-fulfilling. In those moments, it is absolutely particular. I am, just as when I am completely absorbed reading a book in the library and there is no longer a me. Or for that one minute, if I can see outside of this right here and recognize everybody else in the room and everyone around that in that building, then I lose those boundaries. That sense of self dissolves a bit, which can be a little bit joyful and can bring some sense of ease. When my mind-body drops off, the body-mind of everything else drops off as well. There's nothing outside the subject on which to depend or compare to. And these self-fulfilling moments are the essence of freedom, spontaneity, and creativity. We are empty, unique, and without boundaries, and thus can freely interpenetrate with another, with a precept, with a particular circumstance, and with each other. We've, uh, it, there's, they've heard it one time, she says she's heard it um, be described as a celebration, um, an expression of awakening is uh, not just learning meditation, but simply the gate of peace and bliss. A ritual of expression and celebration of awakening already present. So um, I always thought, I don't understand this Dharma gate of joy and ease. <laughs> This always seemed like a really hard thing. Sitting doesn't feel joyful and easy. Um, it can take a it can take a really long time to feel that way, but I do think once you feel it, you can feel it more, more and more. Maybe not always, um, but it's more for me. Let's relax into this. Let's trust that we can take that that deep breath. Um, the other thing about everywhere, everything, everything, everywhere, all at once, was that the structure wasn't traditional. It was more about changing perspectives, not about winning or losing. So the more that they were in different multiverses, changing their life and who they were and seeing things differently, the more they changed. Um, and I think that's 
absolutely how this practice um, can help us appreciate our lives. And at the end of the day in the film, the central message was also about kindness. Um, the happy, kind husband and the mother and daughter fighting, they do come to realize that they need to work together and that they care about each other. But the happy, kind husband says that's how he fights. He fights that, everything that he doesn't understand with kindness. Um, another way that we can think about sitting, sitting on our cushion with ourselves while we're turning back towards our life and examining what we know and don't know and who we want to be and which way we want to respond. So I think I'm just going to end with Dogen. Having received a human life, do not waste the passing moments. After all, form is like a dewdrop on the grass. Life is like a flash of lightning. Transient and illusory, gone in a moment. Reverse the mind that goes beyond study with effortless effort and surpasses all doing. The treasury will open of itself for you to use as you wish. <laughs>